0: Are you looking forward to uh, Jesus coming back? It's a great. It's a great question, isn't it? It really uh, helps us to understand as we ask that question. Turn while we're thinking about this. Turn to Mark chapter thirteen. I'm going to read this chapter again. We don't. Well, we do sometimes, but not often. Read this much at once, but I really breaking it apart to speak about it but to read it it's good for us to read it together all all at one time in this in this section but the question the question comes to mind as Jesus is sharing these things are we ready for it are you ready for it and uh one of the things you'll notice as we read he says be ready be on your watch pay attention and uh That's not only about the things that are happening, but also about our our lives as well, about how we're living these lives in this world. Well, Mark chapter 13, uh, set in Jerusalem as the disciples with Jesus are about ready to leave the Temple Mount area. As he was leaving, verse 1, as he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, so now they've moved from the temple to the Mount of Olives, not that far away, but a pretty good hike. Now they're looking over back at the temple from the Mount of Olives. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. And these, or excuse me, these are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils, to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them and the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what, you, about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and father and a father his child. Children will will, will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ or look, there he is. Do not believe it for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miraculous and miracles to deceive the elect if that were possible. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the, to the ends of, heavens, of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening... You know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on your guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house in charge of his servants. Jesus has a a, a very mixed audience in mind as he gives these great um, details to these four apostles. He has them in mind because they're certainly going to continue through this time period of the birth pains. And let's not take that statement lightly. We talked about it last week. You can ask different women about their birth experiences if they'll talk about it. And, um, you know, some of them don't have it that bad, you know, probably because of medications and epidurals and stuff like that. Others, it got it, it, came before they got the chance to get the epidural or they decided they were going natural. And they'll have a whole other story to tell you. But the birth pains, the beginnings of the birth pains are bad, so even though the disciples, the apostles that he was talking to, weren't going to go through the worst of the tribulation that was ever going to occur, because that's the description of the great tribulation. Particularly the second half of that three of that seven-year period is going to be what Jesus is talking about, the worst time that's ever been and will ever be. Those disciples weren't going to go through that. They were still going to go through some really rough times during this time of birth pains. The time that we're in right now. There, there is some really hard, hard tribulation going on in people's lives right now. Around the world, as we hear about these things that Jesus is talking about, r- wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines and all these kind of things, these things have been happening. And and, it, and sometimes, as we, as we notice, it, 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 they're happening a lot more. These are hard, hard times. These, all these things are supposed to be reminding us to wake up, to wake up and be ready because these other things that Jesus is talking about are on their way. The, the Thessalonians that Paul um, had ministry with uh, were, were confused about these things and he wrote to them twice concerning some of the timings of, of these things. And in, in my opinion... And I'm going to share a couple of reasons why this morning. But in my opinion, when Jesus says here, at, at the, after that distress, and he talks about the signs in the heavens that are going to change, and then he says, at that time you will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather the elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. I think that statement that Jesus is making right here is when he comes back at the end of the tribulation. But I think that he had come back at the beginning of the tribulation, or will come back at the beginning of the tribulation, to take his church to be with him, and then we'll come back with him for that announcement. So look with me in your Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four, and these these may very well be some of the things that the apostle um, Peter was talking about in Second Peter three. When he says that some of Paul's teachings on the end times are really hard to understand. Um, this may be an example of that. And there are lots of differences of, of opinion on what the scripture t- uh, means by the things it says concerning the last days. Concerning these words that we're looking at of Jesus right now and now of the Apostle Paul in 1 uh, in Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, some people... Like I'm about to, to mention to you, think that Jesus is going to uh, take his church um, right as the tribulation is beginning, that seven-year period, that 70th week of Daniel, and there, and there will be a time of some, of some peace for, for many people in the world as the Antichrist comes and kind of unites the world and makes a deal with, with Israel and, and makes everything kind of good for those who go along with it. Those who don't go along with it, however, it's not going to go well. But then as, the, um, as the, that statement, the abomination um, that he speaks of from Daniel, when that happens in the temple, the Antichrist is going to break that deal with Israel, and that's when the, the wrath of God is going to fall during those next three and a half years. Some people think that that's when the, the rapture of the church is going to occur. And then others don't think it's going to occur at all until that last statement that Jesus made at the end of the tribulation when he comes. But look what um, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and uh, starting with verse, 6, uh, verse 13. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I think this is something that's going to happen just as the 70th week of Daniel or the seven-year tribulation period is about to begin. And then, as Jesus was speaking of his his return at the end of the tribulation, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Or excuse me, chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Starting with verse 4. Hear the apostle Paul again to the Thessalonians. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are endure, that you are enduring. Remember, we're in, the, we're in the time of the birth pains, and that was what the Thessalonians were going through. Paul's encouraging them and, and letting them know how appreciative he is as he hears the report of their strong faith. As they go through these things. They're ready for this. Then verse 5. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. And give relief to you who are troubled. And to us as well. Do you know that? Do you remember that? Now... We pray for people who hassle us for loving Jesus, and that's that's, I mean, some people in our country and some people here have faced worse perse- persecution than being hassled, but most of us, that would be the the level that it's come to at this point. Hassled, ridiculed, made fun of, maybe in some cases get a, a worse grade on a on a paper, um, sometimes miss a promotion. Or even get demotion, or sometimes lose a job. So that that gets beyond maybe hassle. That's pretty. That's pretty rough and, and pretty bad. But anybody who who works against us because of our, of our faith in Jesus, whatever the level, it's going to come back on them. We want to. We would like to give it back to them immediately. That's our nature. That's our sin nature. But Jesus says, no, hold off. I'll take care of that. And, but we'd like him to take care of it right now. And here he says, no, this is when, it, this is when I'm going to take care of it. And, and remember, this then also goes for those who have who've been really persecuted for their faith. And that, that may happen to some of us or all of us at some point in our lives as well. But even then, Jesus is the one who's going to, Do things justly. And look what he says in verse 7. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. And from the majesty of his power, on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. And, he, and then he goes on in chapter 2 and, and says that the things that Jesus is talking about concerning the day of the Lord and the, and the abomination of desolation that he speaks of from Daniel... Those things are going to take place after the one who's holding them back is removed. Which very well may be, I think, is the Holy Spirit himself in the, in the way that he lives in his, in his people. As he, in the way that he lives in us, his church. And when we're removed, then his influence in the world is going to be diminished It'll be increasing, though, as more and more people come to faith in Christ. And remember, many people are going to come to faith in Christ during that second half of the the tribulation. During the first half as well, I believe, but particularly in the second half. Many, many people are going to come to faith in Christ. That's why one of the audiences that Jesus is addressing while he speaks to his four apostles are the people that will be going through that. Because Jesus knew that Mark and others were going to be writing these things down, that Paul was going to be writing these things down, and that after the church is gone and the Holy Spirit leaves with us, they're going to look to the Scripture that they've been told about or that they've heard about or that somebody at that time tells them about because they heard about it, and they're going to tell them the things that are going on, and many are going to come to faith in Christ during that time. It's going to be a terrible time to live. But many are going to come to faith and, and God is going to deliver them. Even if they're killed during that time, and you say, Well, wait a minute, I thought you said he was going to deliver them. Sometimes he delivers us through death. Not just a, a, apart from it, and not just from it. Sometimes he delivers us through it. And some are gonna are gonna die during that tribulation period for their faith. But many are gonna are gonna persevere through it. And when we return. With him at the end, as he, as he mentions, when, the, when he says the, the, the world is going to see him return, he's going to send the angels out to gather up all the people who've, who have believed during that time period to join with those of us who are coming back with him and the angels. That is going to be the final blow for this world. There will be a, a, a final aspect to it after the millennium, after that thousand-year reign, which is going to start right at the end of this period. When Jesus comes back with his church, with the angels, after we, reign, after we reign with him for a thousand years, then there's going to be one final rebellion of those who grew up born in that, in that time period and rebel against God because there's still going to be rebellion. Even though Satan isn't going to be involved in that thousand years, the, the sin nature is still going to be involved and there will be a rebellion at the end and that, then it will all be over but this time period that Jesus is talking about re- relates to all of us right now. Because we are in that period that, that the, the apostles were in, that time of the birth pains. And the other times are coming, and we need to be ready for those things. That's why Jesus said, watch. The parable, the, the, the story that he tells at the end of this chapter of Mark 13 relates to an, an imminent return any time now we want to be among those who are expecting him to come like the, like in the story he he the, the owner of the of the house left but he left people in charge they're supposed to be doing their work like my dad left my mom in charge and, she's, and she told us what we're supposed to do, and we're supposed to listen to her. And we're supposed to be ready when he gets home. We're supposed to be ready when the Lord Jesus returns. We're supposed to be ready when all of these things start to happen to end this world and to bring judgment to the nations. I was thinking about that as we were singing this, singing this morning. We're singing about all the kings of the world. Are 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 going to be held accountable for the for the way they rule. We think well, that's going to be harsh because not many kings are ruling according to God's according to God's ways. That's going to be harsh. Then I got to thinking, a lot of stuff happens while I'm singing because um, these words. Then I got to thinking. What about me? I'm not a king, but I'm going to be held accountable for whatever opportunities I have, for, my, for the life that I have. I may not be a, a ruler like a, like a king, but I have opportunities and I have responsibilities, and I'm going to be held accountable to those things. And so I need, to, I need to reflect on myself and be ready. For that day when when all of these things, the day of the Lord that that Joel speaks of, that Jesus is talking of right here, probably not just talking about that first part of it. He's talking about the whole time period you know, re- reflecting as the as the day of the Lord, the time of the end, and even in the birth pains. Or if I'm if I'm incorrect and He's going to return for for His church in the middle, be ready for that first part of the of the, of the seven-year tribulation. Or if others are, are correct and he returns to, for his church and for that final battle of Armageddon all, all at the same time, we need to be ready for that. Whatever the case, birth pains, the first part of the tribulation, the last part of the tribulation, all of it, we need to be ready. And, and I love how Jesus says it at the end of this great chapter. Everybody. Remember, he's talking to four guys. Those four guys did a pretty good job relaying the story, didn't they? Because here we are, over 2,000 years later, talking about it. And they're going to be talking about it. Even if we are removed, as I believe we will be, they're still going to be talking about it. Because our Bibles are still going to be left behind and our witness are still going to be left behind with them. And they're going to remember the things that they were told. And they're going to look at the things that the the Word of God says. And they're going to come to him in droves. In fact, the the children of Israel, the Jewish people, are are particularly going to come to him in great numbers during that time. And and it's going to be a, a wonderful, terrible thing. And did you notice at the end of the reading in Joel this morning? As terrible as that passage was about judgment, did you see at the end of that reading of how God was going to be the refuge of his people in the midst of that terrible thing? Because so many of them are going to come to faith. The Apostle Paul describes it in the book of Romans as all Israel will be saved. It's going to be such a a great awakening among the Jewish people. And so we ask the question, are we watching? Are we alert? Are we remembering that we are in these last days, and maybe not the day of the Lord yet, but these last days, these birth pains of all that's to come? Do we recognize that? Do we remember that? Or are we caught up in all these other things that, that life is 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 giving us and, and allowing us to be a part of and calling us to do, are we so caught up on those things that we're asleep concerning the important things. We need to make sure that we're not. That's one of our responsibilities with each other within the body of Christ. To keep each other awake. Not just in in Sunday morning services. Okay? That's your responsibility too. I count on you. I count on you to you know use your use your elbows when when necessary to Wake that that person up next to you. But more important than that, we need to to keep each other awake to the things that are happening, to the things that are really important, to the things that really matter. That we would focus on those things, and in doing so, be ready for whatever comes. One of my favorite um, music groups uh, is called the Lost Dogs. And um, they have a they have a song, get ready. And and in the song, they, they tell us to get ready for everything, you know, being rich, being poor, just you know, all being happy, being sad, just all the different kind of things, kind of the Ecclesiastes, you know, three kind of idea. And then they deal with this path, with this passage. They say, be ready for the rapture. And they say, be ready for the tribulation. Whoever's right in that in that debate. We need to be ready. And even if I'm right and we're ready for the rapture, then us being ready for for the rapture and the tribulation will help others who weren't ready for the rapture to be ready to receive the Lord during that time of tribulation. That's also part of our ministry. We don't know when these times are coming exactly. And Jesus was very clear about that. You know, don't ever get caught up in somebody, in, in somebody that comes along and starts giving you again the, the year that's going to happen. You know, we've all seen that happen in our, in our own lifetimes. We look at church history, and we see that many have done it. Don't fall for that again. We don't know those details, but we need to be ready because he could come at any time. And not only do we need to be ready, but he'll use us to help others be ready as well others who still think that this world is all there is, who still think that, that getting their kids ready to be ready for college so they'll be ready to have great jobs and, and take care of their own families, that that's their main responsibility in raising their kids, forgetting that they're only dealing with the short term with their kids when that's their approach. Not that those things aren't important. But that's not the most important thing, you know. I was, when I have the opportunity to to uh, speak with parents, I like to think about um, my early athletic career. Um, a lot of you don't know that at Concord Eastside uh, School, elementary school, that I was the uh, third grade track champ. Okay. And I, that was my first trophy. That's why I remember it so well. And some of you remember I brought it before for the kids during times. It's still, it's, still, it's still doing its job. Um, and I, th- I like to think if my dad and mom saw me bring home that trophy and they just sat back and said, okay, honey, we've done it. We've, we've t- we have been great parents. We, we readied him for this moment, and he achieved it, and now our job is done. Everybody would think, "What well, idiots. Got, they, they succeeded in, in getting them ready for third grade field day. That's what, that's what it's like when people focus on just getting their kids ready for this life. This is less than third grade in terms of time and life eternity is what we need to be prepared for and that needs to be our focus while we're doing all the other things as well that we can do we can't do it all but our focus needs to be on eternity the long period not the elementary school period or the middle school period or the nursery period i'm in the nursery period right now i, I love it that, that uh Josiah is able to come to worship now because I get to hold him during the songs. Because his parents use their hands to sing, so they can't hold him. Somebody's got to hold him. Might as well be me. But the nursery period is wonderful. It's not the, it's not the most important period, the most important period is the eternal period. And that needs to be all of our concern. And as long as we concern ourselves with that, we will be ready for whatever comes our way in the birth pains time, which is now. And then others through us will be ready for the later time, the the seven-day terrible tribulation. They'll be ready for that. They'll come to faith in Christ there. And God will be glorified in his church both now, then, then, And forever, because forever is what we're talking about. That's what Jesus came to prepare us for. And so, to quote him again, everybody, watch. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for that great discussion that Mark recorded for us Matthew recorded for us of discussing the greatness of the temple and how in the birth pain times of this world that temple would be destroyed along with everything else that's temporary. And so we thank you, Father, for preparing us not just for this life, Although you've done a great job preparing us for this, we thank you that you also prepared us in Jesus for eternity and for all the difficulties that we have to face before we come into your presence. We thank you that as the apostles handled it by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we'll be able to handle it through the power of your Holy Spirit, and through the wonderful ministry of the body of Christ. We thank you for the way that we can remind each other that this world is not all there is, that there's something coming that's even more important, and that needs to be our focus. We thank you that we can do that together as a local church, and we thank you that our influence will be felt not only now, as people come to faith now, but we also thank you that our influence will, be, will also be felt during that terrible time of tribulation like has never happened or will ever happen again. We thank you that many will come to faith in Christ during that time. We thank you for giving them the strength to also endure. But Father, help all of us to watch and to be ready. Father, we pray for those, even this morning, who didn't realize what we were going to be talking about this morning, but now have been told again that Jesus came into this world to live a perfect life and to die for the sins of everybody, including those here this morning who have not yet received him. We pray that you would give them the wisdom and the faith to say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm going to trust you to do what you said you would do to forgive me my sins and to give me the gift of eternal life to help me walk away from those things that I was trusting in before, those things that I was doing and rebelling against you, to turn away from those things to, and to begin to walk with you and to live a life that will now bring you honor, that will now have an impact in eternity, both now and even after, after we're gone, as people are facing things, but with the tools of your word and the testimony that we've been to them, to help them be ready for that moment. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have it all planned out. And we thank you that you will take care of us through it. Help us to trust you. Help us to grow in you so that we're ready for whatever happens. That we will continue to bring you the glory that you deserve because you are the Almighty One. You are our Creator. You are our Sustainer. You are our Savior. And you are our coming King, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.